the understanding would have been that the leper's impurity should have passed to Jesus. But instead, actually, Jesus' purity and holiness passes to the leper and cleanses him. You are listening to the Hope Valley Podcast, a weekly production of Hope Valley Church in Winchester, Virginia, with your host, Pastor Sam Rogers. Well, hello and welcome to Sunday Morning with Hope Valley Church. My name is Pastor Sam. I'm the lead pastor here at Hope Valley. And today we are continuing in this series called Bible Threads, where, you know, what we're doing is we're looking at, you know, these themes and ideas, uh, terms that really repeat throughout the story of the Bible. And we're looking at these things just to better understand first just what the story of the Bible is and uh, what are these uh, key elements to the story that we should be paying attention to. We're going to see how these themes and threads really lead us and point us to Jesus. Uh, And my hope is that we're going to realize what this really all means for the way that we live, uh, the way that we relate to God, and the way that we act toward one another. Uh, You know, the the thread we're going to pick up on today is this thread of holiness, which runs through the scriptures. Uh, And holiness is one of those words that you might think you know, but frankly, you probably don't. There's a very high chance that uh, maybe you don't actually know really what is the scripture talking about when it's talking about holiness, right? Uh, Because you might have this picture in your head of, uh, uh, you know, some sort of really religious, you know, uh, better than everybody else type of a person, Uh, you know, these kind of untouchable things, Um, Holiness in the scripture is something a lot more powerful than that and a lot more beautiful than that. What we actually see is that holiness just really means something that is completely pure, unique, right? It's pure, but it's also unique and it's separate. It's distinct from everything else, right? And so you can kind of think of God's holiness like the sun, right? Uh, The sun is something that is all of those things in our solar system, right? It's unique. It's the only one that's in the solar system, right? It's incredibly powerful. um, And it's the source of life really on earth. You know, without the sun, uh, everything on the earth would die. And it would happen pretty fast, actually, right? So in the same way, God's holiness is unique and it's powerful and it's actually the source of life. You can also think of the holiness of God's presence, right? Being around God, being close to God. As kind of like, you know, uh, this area around the sun. Like you don't have to be in the sun to experience its heat and its power. Uh, You can be, you know, the closer you get to the sun, the more you experience those things. And so God's holiness is also kind of like this, this area around the sun, right? The closer you get to it the more intense it is. Um, and, and the more that, frankly, his presence becomes dangerous and even destructive to things that are impure. Because as we will learn here, right, uh, things that are sinful and, and against God, they're not co-equal with God, so they can't resist his goodness and purity. And so when you take impure things and you put it close to the powerful purity of God's presence, uh, God... God's purity and power wins and really kind of melts away the impurity and and is destructive to it, right? So this is an important concept about 
God's holiness in the Bible and kind of the properties that it has. But then we see this powerful thing in Scripture that God actually wants you and I to be holy in the same way that he is. And this connects heavily to what we learned uh, two lessons ago when we talked about the paradigm of heaven and earth, right? God's space and human space, how God wants to cohabitate with humanity, with the people that he's created, right? And so in the same way, in order for that cohabitation to be possible, God just desires to make us holy in the same way that he's holy so that we can actually um, endure his presence, frankly, right? So understanding holiness is really key to understanding the story of God and humanity in the Bible. This is one of the concepts that you really have to understand to, to be able to understand kind of the story arc of God and humanity throughout the Bible. Uh, and we see right from the beginning and then throughout the entire Bible, the story that humanity chooses to sin and engage in evil multiple, multiple times. It's over and over and over again, generation after generation, consistently. There's sin, there's evil. Uh, as we talked about in the last lesson, when we looked at the image of God, there's this uh, constant behavior and actions and thoughts and feelings and all these things that are just, they're completely in contradiction to the nature of God and, the, and, and who he is, right? And so uh, the Bible calls this defiling yourself, right? Uh, this idea that you've made yourself unfit for God's presence. You actually can't even handle his holiness and his presence because you've defiled yourself with, with attitudes and thoughts and behaviors and actions and deeds that are in total contrast to his very nature and character, right? So it's kind of a deep idea to have to think through, but I encourage us just follow the idea for today and think really through the implications because when you understand God's holiness, you understand things like heaven and earth, you understand things like the image of God, then the problem of sin becomes a lot more apparent. We realize why sin isn't just breaking rules. It's actually, sin is actually creating division between me and God because my sin makes me the opposite of everything God is. And so this cohabitation, you know, my ability to go into God's presence and survive uh, is, is lost because of the way that I've, again, this Bible word, the, the, I've defiled myself with sin. So this is something that happens throughout Scripture, right? The presence of God is unsafe for things that are impure and sinful. And throughout the Bible, we see the story of generations of people alienating themselves from God through their sinful choices and behavior. Like, I want to be clear, sin is not something that just happens to you. You're not a victim of sin. The Bible makes it clear our sin flows out of our own sinful hearts and desires, right? Uh, we bring sin to the table. Sin doesn't bring us to the table. And we even see this, you know, this is said clearly multiple times. Exodus chapter 33 verse 20 is an example of this. Uh, we're going to look here at Isaiah 59 verse 1. says, listen, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you. Nor is his ear too deaf to hear you call. It's your sins 
that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. Now, that's harsh, right? But if we think about it, we see that even through the story of humanity today, right? That our sin cuts us off. Our actions, our thoughts, our words, our environments that we choose to, to go into, uh, you know, the, the things that we choose to associate with, these are actually the things creating division between us and God in our life. They, they, they're often the reasons why God can feel distant. Maybe God even feels non-existent in our lives sometimes. And it's not because God, it's because we uh, are so, we're allowing ourselves to be so unholy with our sin. We're defiling ourselves and we're making it so that God's presence is no longer compatible with us. And this is, again, some of the things we learned about when we talked about heaven and earth, right? And so this theme runs through the story of the Bible. Uh, this theme runs, continues to run through the story of our own lives, right? This idea that our sin creates this problem where we can't even be close to God's holiness. And so then we see in the scripture, again, this tabernacle is commissioned by God. And the tabernacle was a place where priests could you know, become ritually pure from the stain of sin and carefully enter God's holiness. And the priests were given these really specific rules and these instructions to make themselves pure and to remove sin from themselves so that they could enter God's presence in the temple, right? So God uh, calls out of humanity a people for his own name. This is what the Old Testament talks about. Uh, and that people is are, are the family of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the Israel, uh, Israelite people. And when God frees them from slavery in Egypt, he brings them out. And he, and he uh, instructs them to create this tabernacle, this place, where there is a way to kind of wash away this stain of sin and to enter into the holiness of God. And we actually see this in, in Exodus chapter 28, verse 41. It says, Clothe your, your brother Aaron and his sons with these garments, and then anoint and ordain them. Consecrate them so they can serve as my priest." Also make linen garments for them to be worn next to their bodies, reaching from their hips to their thighs. These must be worn whenever Aaron and his sons enter the tabernacle or approach the altar in the holy place to perform their priestly duties. Then they will not incur guilt and die. This is a permanent law for Aaron and all his descendants after him. So this is a snippet, right, where we see God kind of creating these structures and these practices and these rituals so that there was some way to, for these people to be clean and the priest to, to enter God's holiness, right? You might go, well, how, how does all that do that? All of these rituals and, and, and ways that God gave these people was not so much about really creating uh, uh, holiness and purity in the way that we think of it, because as we're about to read, that was really done through Jesus. But these practices really reinforce this idea of God's holiness and, uh, and, 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 and the way in which sin had created the separation. And so all of these things that God gave the Israelites to do 
was meant to communicate this idea of God's presence is holy and you can't bring evil, defiled, pure, unholy things into the presence because as you see here in verse 43, he says, they don't do this. They're going to incur guilt and they'll die. It will kill them, right? God's presence is so good that it it would be dangerous and destructive to them. And so there was this understanding that contact with certain things kind of contaminated people. Uh, It made them impure and defiled. And this was a picture of the effect that sin really has on our own hearts and mind and even our bodies, right? When we choose to engage in it. You know, sin isn't something we can kind of play around with and not get dirty, right? It's one of the things that we see through this, uh, through this, establishment of the tabernacle and all these uh, rituals and processes that they would go through in order to be pure. It was really communicating uh, the, the way that sin was communicating and, and passed and, and the way that sin really defiles us and makes us unholy. So again, this is where we're at in that arc of the Bible so far. But then we begin to see some interesting things happen uh, through some visions that are given to some of the Hebrew prophets. And the first one we see here is this vision that Isaiah has, um, where God begins to foretell, right? You know, they, they, they understand the tabernacle, they get the rituals, they get all of that process, but God begins to foretell of something new that he's going to do. Rather than people having to go through some process to purify themselves so that they were pure enough to be able to withstand and actually enter God's holiness, God begins to foretell that he is going to bring about his own purity, his own holiness that he is going to give to people in order to draw them close to him. And we see this first in Isaiah's uh, vision that he has here in in chapter 6, verse 5 through 7 is really the key text there. Right? God ha- uh, I'm sorry, Isaiah has this vision of God's holiness. And, and in this vision, Isaiah immediately becomes aware of just how sin has touched everything about him. Even the way that he speaks and the, and the things that come out of his mouth and the way that his you know, people speak and what they do. Like, he's just like, wow, I, I'm seeing God's holiness and I'm so aware. So aware of how sinful and impure I am. And in this vision, this angel comes and he brings uh, this hot coal from the altar of God and he, and he touches Isaiah's lips with it. And what happens is Isaiah is touched by this pure burning coal that comes out of God's presence. And rather than Isaiah defiling the coal, this is a really important picture. Rather than Isaiah you know, and his sin and his impurity, rather than that defiling the coal and passing his impurity onto this pure coal, actually the opposite happens. The purity from the coal washes Isaiah and purifies him. And it's spoken to Isaiah, your sins are forgiven. This is a really important thing to pay attention to. And then we see another prophet, years later, Ezekiel has another vision, and he has this vision of the temple, right? Uh, the temple, again, uh, it was, was the, uh, you know, this physical structure later built that carried on the work of the tabernacle and was laid out in a similar fashion and, 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 and was the same kind of a place for God's presence. And so he has this vision of the temple, and in this vision of the temple, there's this river 
and is described as a river of living water. Maybe you're starting to see the uh, what's going what's going on here. Okay, this 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 river of living water comes in and begins to flow out of the temple, and as this living river, this living water flows out of the temple, it begins to touch the land and, and bring life and it washes away curses and, 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 and it washes away impurities and, and it begins to bring you know, life and restoration and bounty to the land. And this is this uh, vision that Ezekiel has and it's in Ezekiel chapter 47 uh, and the key verses there in verse 1 and verse 12. Well, Isaiah, uh, Isaiah and Ezekiel's visions, we find pointing directly to Jesus. Again, all these big ideas, they point us to Jesus. All these big narratives and stories and themes throughout, Bible, throughout the Bible, what do they do? As we begin to understand them, we realize how Jesus becomes the answer to every single one of these paradigms. And so what we see in Jesus is Jesus goes around and he touches now get this. Think about Isaiah's vision for a minute. Jesus goes around and he touches things that were considered to be impure. Things that other people, other Jews, they wouldn't have touched because they would have thought, that impurity is going to pass to me. I'm going to defile myself if I touch this person with this disease or, or whatever it may be. They're like, I'm not going to touch that because it's going to defile me. But Jesus would touch things that were impure. And when he touched them, just like the coal in Isaiah's vision, his purity and his cleanliness was passed to the things that he touched and it cleansed and purified them. We look here, uh, let's look at this passage in, in Mark chapter one, verse 40. Uh, it's important to understand that leprosy was a disease that, uh, that was one of those skin diseases that would have been seen as a, as a mark of sin and, and defilement. And so a Jew would never touch or even come near to a person who had leprosy because they were afraid of, of that sin and that defilement and that disease even passing on to them. But here in verse 40, it says, A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said. Be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. And the man was healed, right? So this Levitical, this Old Testament Hebrew law way of thinking about sin and impurity, the understanding would have been that the leper's impurity should have passed to Jesus. But instead, actually, Jesus's purity and holiness passes to the leper and it cleanses him, and makes him whole and heals him. And then calling back to Isaiah's vision of this, of this river of living water that would come out of the temple, we see Jesus claiming that he himself was the source of this living water, right? 
calling back to Ezekiel's vision. In John chapter 4, verse 10, he says, If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. And then this idea wraps up again in the book of Revelation when we see this picture and this vision of the new Jerusalem and, and seeing this, the Apostle John saw the same river from Ezekiel's vision and now it was flowing from God's presence. It was flowing from God and Jesus and it was healing the nations and, and it was eternally washing away the impurity of their sin. Look here in Revelation chapter 22, verse 1. He says, Then the angel, this is John writing about his vision. He says, Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life. It's clear as crystal. It's flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And it flowed down the center of the main street. And on each side of the river grew a tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. And the leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. No longer will there be a curse upon anything. So what does all this mean for you and me, right? Well, first it means that God wants to be close to you, right? Like God's holiness creates a problem because of my sin. But God wants to be close to you. And so just as he foretold through so many prophets and through Isaiah and Ezekiel, as we read here just a moment ago, God made a way for you to be pure in a way that was impossible for you to do on your own. Right? Why? Because God, He doesn't want there to be this barrier, this, this closeness that you can't come into. So He made a way for you to be close to Him again. It also means for us that Jesus can remove all your impurities. Not just some of your impurities. Jesus can't just make you a little bit better. He can't just remove you know, some of your shame or a little of your guilt or enough of this or that. He can do it all. He can remove all of your guilt. He can remove all of your shame. He can completely purify you. Jesus can do that. You don't need to clean yourself up to come to God. You can come to Him just as you are, and He will heal you. This is one of the biggest lies people tell themselves. Oh, I can't come to God. I, you don't know what I've done. It's so not true. That's only said by somebody who doesn't yet understand what God has done. They don't understand that the hot coal comes from God's presence and it washes away your sin and your guilt. This is who Jesus is. Jesus purifies us so that we can stand in the presence of God and not just stand in the presence of God, but enjoy close, intimate relationship with God in His holiness. It's, a, it's really overwhelming if you think about it. And I hope that you do.
So here's my challenge uh, for you today. Here's my challenge for you today. I want, um, what may be stopping you from allowing God to clean and heal you? By allowing, I mean, what might be stopping you from going to God and letting Him clean you, letting Him heal you on the inside and out? Do you think that He can't forgive what you've done? Do you think that you aren't spiritual enough or good enough, whatever that means? I'll let you in on a little secret. None of us are spiritual enough or good enough. That's the whole point of Jesus and that's the whole beauty of what he's done. But I want you to honestly answer that question. What may be stopping you from allowing God to clean you and heal you? And then I have another question for you. And it's this. I just want you to think deeply about this. What does it mean to you to hear that God wants to be close to you? When you hear me say that, what does that do? How does that stir your spirit? What does that say to you? I want you to, th- I want you to think through that for a minute. Let it speak to you. Because we need to think deeply about this. This is a beautiful thing. You know, you probably noticed in a lot of these videos, I'll be, I'll be reading a, uh, a scripture, or I'll be talking about some idea, and I'll start crying and getting misty-eyed and the whole thing. It's not because I'm a basket case. It's because of my own life. I've seen how good God is. I've seen it. I know it. And so I just really encourage you to think about it. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. And I've got some questions here for, uh, to help you kind of dive into your prayer time this week. But I really want you to let the Holy Spirit speak to you and think deeply about some of these things. This is a big concept, this concept of God's holiness and, and Him making a way for us to enter His holiness, right? So here's some questions I really encourage you to pray through and think through this week, okay? Uh, first one is, what are some things in your heart and mind that you think are too far gone for God to fix or heal? Second question is, what shame or guilt are you holding on to? And the third question is, how could your shame or guilt become an opportunity for you to experience God's power and ability to heal and restore you? Well, again, some heavy stuff this week, of course, I know. So let's go ahead and pray. Lord, I just thank you. Lord, I thank you that when we were far and distant from you, you, through the work of Jesus on the cross, pulled us in. Lord God, you've made a way through your healing and your purifying touch. You've made a way to redeem and restore our hearts and our minds, our very bodies, Lord. Lord God, you are the giver 
of the water of life. You bring life back to us. You wash, you wash away the curse of our sin and our imperfections, Lord. Lord, I just thank you for that. God, I pray that for each person hearing this right now, you would speak tenderly to them. Help them to see the areas in their life, O oh Lord, where maybe they are allowing things to, to defile them, Lord God. They're, they're allowing sin and, 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 and evil things, frankly, into their hearts and their lives and their circumstances and their homes. And it's corrupting and it's bringing defilement and it's bringing impurity, Lord. I pray that you would give each one of us the discernment to see those things. Maybe we don't even realize we're doing it. But you can show these things to us, Lord God. And you are the God that heals and that cleanses and restores. And I pray that you would do that for us. Lord God, even as you have uh, promised that you already will. And so, Lord God, we just invite that today. Lord, I pray that you would just comfort us, Lord God, give us peace, Lord God. But give us discernment and wisdom to know the things in our lives that we need to let go of and we need to walk away from so that we can turn towards you and be cleansed. So just thank you for all these things, God. I pray your blessing over each one of us today. In your name, amen. All right, well, I really uh, appreciate you being with us and you know, hopefully this time has been a blessing to you. And I hope that you'll continue as we, as we look through. We've got like seven more uh, threads that we'll be looking at through the Bible. And it's not the only ones that are in there, but you know, it's ones that we're gonna be talking about during this next couple of months. So I uh, hope you'll continue with us for those things. And I uh, just pray that God will bless you today. All right. Well, we love you. And uh, you have a great one. All right. Bye-bye. We are so glad you've joined us today. To learn more about Hope Valley Church and get access to free resources, just go to www.hopevalley.church. Hope Valley is a church based in Winchester, Virginia that meets in homes around the region. So if you'd like to find out more about home churches, how they work, and how to locate one near you, just go to hopevalley.church/house. Thanks again for joining us and may God bless you today.